In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Welcome back to Sunday Setup, the weekly podcast show that prepares you for the readings you'll hear at Mass this Sunday. We continue this Advent with the prophet Isaiah in our first reading. You'll remember from an earlier episode that, like a rapper, we can speak of three distinct albums attributed to Isaiah. Chapters 1 through 39, chapters 40 through 55, and chapters 56 through 66. Each of these three sections of the book of Isaiah has a different setting and mood. And our first reading this weekend comes from the very beginning of the second album of Isaiah the Rapper. It's set in the midst of the Babylonian exile. The Israelites are displaced from their home and longing to return. So the prophet Isaiah offers them a word of comfort. That's exactly how the excerpt begins this weekend. Comfort. Give comfort to my people, says your God. As the reading continues, the comfort God gives his people in exile is the assurance that they will one day return to Jerusalem. And not just that, but God will personally prepare the way for the exiles to return home. The imagery from our first reading describes a leveling that will occur along this way. Think concretely here. The Israelites, displaced in Babylon, will return to the land of Israel one day. And when they do, God is going to make straight the highway for this return. He's going to fill in every valley and make low every mountain and hill to make this return as easy as possible. And as the passage continues, it implores the people to fear not, for here comes with power the Lord God. Such a message would have brought great comfort to a people living far away from their homeland. Our second reading is taken not from one of Paul's letters, but actually from the second letter of St. Peter. Some of the finer details about this letter aren't known, even, in fact, if Peter himself actually wrote this letter, or if one of his followers wrote it in his honor and under his name. But we do know that this letter was written in response to false teachers among the Christian community it's addressed to. These false teachers, or as the letter itself calls them, scoffers, grew impatient at the delay of Jesus' return. And so they claimed that there would be no second coming of Jesus at all. To refute this false teaching, the author sets out to show how this is not true in two ways. The first way is by speaking of how God's reckoning of time is different from ours. At the beginning of our second reading this Sunday, the author paraphrases a verse from the Psalms. For a thousand years in your sight is like yesterday. The second way he refutes this false teaching is by showing that God's delay in returning again, as some would regard it, is actually out of divine compassion and mercy. What do I mean? God is patient in his return so that all should come to repentance. God delays in order to give as many as possible the opportunity to find their way to Jesus Christ and the gospel message. Many New Testament letters end with advice on proper living, and these final verses of our excerpt are no exception, as they too are the final verses of the second letter of St. Peter. With an eye towards the second coming, the author lays out how Christians ought to live in preparation for this last judgment. Our readings conclude this weekend with the Gospel of Mark, and whereas our second reading was towards the very end of the second letter of St. Peter, our Gospel for the second Sunday of Advent is the first eight verses of Mark's Gospel. I'm going to skip any reflection on the first verse, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, which could really be an entire episode on its own. Rather, in verse 2, Mark provides a quote from the prophet Isaiah. Although 
Truth be told, this quote that speaks of a messenger sent ahead of you and a voice of one crying out in the desert is actually a combination of three different references from the books of Exodus, Malachi, and Isaiah. Matthew uses these quotes to set the stage, as he will throughout his gospel, to illustrate how the events of Jesus' life fulfill the Old Testament. Our gospel this weekend introduces us to the character of John the Baptist. There's much we could say about him, too, but we ought to be careful not to retroject what we have come to know about baptism back to 2,000 years ago. Baptism, back then, was something very novel. The Jewish people had rituals of symbolically washing themselves from sin, but this was always done to oneself. John's baptizing of other people was something completely new. And what's more, John is baptizing people in the Jordan River. And here's where that connects to our first reading from Isaiah in a very concrete way. The Jordan River had symbolic value for the people of Israel as the barrier between the wilderness and the land of promise. After all, when the people of Israel ended their wandering in the desert after the Exodus, they crossed over the Jordan River to enter the Promised Land. So here's John the Baptist baptizing in that same river of crossing over from the wilderness into the Promised Land. His baptism symbolically invited people into a crossing over to prepare for the time when the prophecy of Isaiah would be fulfilled and God would level the land in order to bring a people in exile into a new kingdom, a new way of life. Jesus, whom St. John admits is much mightier than he, will be the one who does this. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this week, the second Sunday of Advent. May this knowledge of the story behind this scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.